You are listening to the Boss Bar Podcast, the show that brings you an intimate conversation with the boss behind the business. The Boss Bar, brought to you by Boss Up Magazine, is the official podcast for the emerging bosses in the business, entertainment, and political world. You want to learn more about our guests? Simply go to bossupmag.org. We have an amazing show lined up for you today. So without further ado, here's your host, Destiny, the Fly Girl. Tell me how you want me. Pirate home and lonely. You keep telling me all these things that I can't ignore. Hey, bosses. I know we've been on a brief hiatus, but as of today, the Boss Bar Podcast is back. You know, sometimes you take a break to relax, rejuvenate, recharge, and sometimes you take a break to upgrade, and we have done just that at the Boss Bar Podcast. I want to give a huge shout out to Mark Anthony from the Make an Impact Podcast, who helped me out with the new intro and outro for the show, and also a shout out to my producer, it's a PicassoBeats.com. Definitely check them out for your voiceover and production needs. They are amazing. Bosses, I am so excited to promo this show for you guys today. Uh, We're talking to Ricardo Williams, who is a British artist from the UK, who is bringing R&B back. I know a lot of people say R&B is dead, today's music sucks, but Ricardo, Ricardo Williams, he is bringing it back and he is bringing it back strong. The song we're listening to now is called Come Over. It's from his debut album called Intermission. And the album, honestly, from beginning to end is a banger. And if you don't even listen to the rest of this podcast today, I want you to make sure that you go to wherever you get your music from and download his album Intermission today. On today's episode of the Boss Bar Podcast, Ricardo and I get into y'all's listener letters. And I have to say, y'all was wildin'. I got everything from why does he look like Rick Ross and sound like Tank to even y'all are really pushing it, asking if the man is single. And let me tell you, we answer each and every one of your questions. So stay tuned for that portion of the show. The song we're listening to now, like I said, is called Come Over from his debut album. And on the show, we talk about his rise to fame. We talk about how he learned and taught himself how to produce his own music and even market and brand himself. We also talk about the importance of following your dreams, especially when faced with adversity. Bosses, this is the show you do not want to miss. So stay tuned. The Boss Bar Podcast will be right back after these messages. If networking with people headed to the top is something you enjoy, the Cupcakes and Conversation Tour is an event you do not want to miss. Meet us in Wilmington, Delaware on July 20th, where we will be sharing the ins and outs of being a boss with people making major boss moves. This event will have cupcakes, mimosas, guest speakers, and more. Go to www.bossupmag.org to get your tickets today. 
That's www.bossupmag.org. If you would like to have your business or your project featured on the show, have questions you would like to ask the bosses, or just want to say hi, send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Welcome to the Boss Bar Podcast, where we introduce you to the boss behind the business. Today, I'm so excited for this show because we're talking to singer and songwriter Ricardo Williams. Ricardo Williams was born in Jamaica, raised in Hackney, but now he's settled in Birmingham, UK. Music became a key part of his life at an early stage. He found his voice at seven years old and started to sing in talent shows, school plays, church, and around friends and family. Ricardo's professional singing career began with gospel music. He released two solo projects and two projects with a gospel collective called The Family. His music style is always influenced by artists such as Boys to Men, Donny Hathaway, H-Town, Drew Hill, Jodeci, Tank, and Dave Hollister. So it was a natural progression for him to start making R&B music. His first EP, titled Intermission, dropped not too long ago, and his first two singles, Come Over and He Ain't Me, was featured as DJ Ace's BBC One Extra Track of the Week. And I'm so excited to welcome him to the show. So welcome, Ricardo. Hey, great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah, I hear you're in uh, Barbados right now. Yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm just... I'm on a quick holiday. I just needed some time to rejuvenate, to reset. So, I, yeah, I took a quick, a quick vacation. Oh, he's out there living his very bestest. Okay, I see you. I see you. So, um, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about yourself and your background. I mean, we listened to a little bit of your music. Come over. I'm really obsessed with that song. It's mm-hmm. really good. Um, how did you end <laughs> up getting into music in the first place? Man, that's that's a, that I could answer that question the whole podcast. Um, music has <laughs> always been <laughs> music has always been a part of my life um, from from I can literally from I can remember. I think my my uh, my mom, my granddad, my dad, they all had some sort of musical connection. So my granddad played a guitar. My mom sang in the choir. Um, my dad was just an avid listener of music. So I've had music in my life for as long as I can remember. Um, I got to about, I don't know, like seven or six. Um, and I remember like my mom having this mixtape that had like um, R. Kelly, um, Brandy, H-Town. And I was just in awe like I was literally in awe I know at six and seven there's no way I should be listening to that type of music yeah. um, but I, I never <laughs> I didn't, didn't know what they were talking what they were about at that age anyway though so <laughs> exactly I, I didn't know exactly I didn't know what they were talking yeah. about at all but um, I love the sound and, and I fell in love with the sound and um, it really just happened from there um, I, I remember being in my bedroom trying to mimic um, their sound, how they sounded, how they sang, the things they did with their voice, and it kind of just went from there. Um, wow. I, yeah, and I fell in love with singing, and it just it grew and it grew until kind of we're here, here now. 
Wow. I, I'm thinking back to how I even found, like, your music. I think it was, like, maybe it was on a, um, the Afropop playlist on Spotify or it was on the uh, R&B UK list, something like that. But when I heard uh, He Ain't yeah. Me, the remix, oh, yeah. my gosh, I just loved it so much. Like, it's, it has, like, a nice, <laughs> funky beat to it, but then you, have, you bring, like, that soulful harmony that you really don't hear anymore in music. Yeah, that's that's right. I think I think with that one, that's exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to like draw people in with the, the production, so it's something that was quite bouncy, something that um, wasn't really um, it wasn't it wasn't offensive to anybody. It was just like a nice yeah. catchy song. But I wanted to to feed in some of those vocals, some of those harmonies. Like you said, we don't. I haven't heard harmonies on track like that in in ten years, and yeah, I kind of no, miss that. They don't. They don't do it hearing vocals they don't they don't so um yeah that's what i really wanted to do is kind of give you a bit of old and a bit of new um and like you said i I was really worried when i put that one out i wasn't sure people would get the marriage of the two but yeah yeah yeah, it's done well it's done well i I definitely think people get it um i'm we're going to get into the questions later but i got a lot of people saying like why does this man he looks like rick ross and he sounds like tank what is going on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, if you're like an R&B lover, like from America anyway, like we love Tank, but I don't really hear that much of him coming out or any of the other, like it's kind of, people actually say that R&B is dead. And it's mad. I know. I hear that a lot. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I hear that on both sides of the, of the pond. A lot of people say that R&B is dead. Um, they don't make R&B music like they used to. No, but I they think don't. I think there's a... Well, you're right. I think in the mainstream, they definitely don't push it anymore. But I think as as consumers, and I, I class myself as a consumer, we got to dig just a little bit deeper to find it yeah. there. It's just not in our face, which yeah. is hard because we have to sift through all of the, the the alternatives before we get there. Yeah, very true. Okay, so I'm looking at your bio, and you were born in Jamaica, but you have a British yeah. accent. How did that work out how did that even happen because it's crazy so it's crazy so just like um in america this is a very funny story just like in america different states have different like almost types of accents so your south is very different from your east coast Mm -hmm. your west coast is very different from midwest so i was born in jamaica so i've got a bit of a jamaican twang sometimes then i grew up in london um which is pretty much what you guys will call like cockney, very rhymy, sounds like <laughs> very Jack the Lad. <laughs> yeah. And then I moved to Birmingham, which is kind of like um, the equivalent of the South for you guys. Um, so my accent at any time, it, it's just crazy. It can go from one extreme to the other. So when people talk to me, they always look at me like, what, where are you from? Right, who are like, you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. It's yeah. interesting that, um, like, your accent doesn't translate over into me. Like, when you sing, I've noticed that with yeah. a lot of different people. Like, you, you, that you um, like, uh, LMA, she's actually, she yeah. has a British accent, too. But you wouldn't know that until, like, yeah. she always talks on, the, on her album at the you, end. So then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. That's, you know, it's because we, we grew up listening to American R&B. So that's all we know. Okay. 
Um, okay. So when we start singing, it's almost like it's what we switch to automatically. Um, and everyone says that to me. Everyone says, you, you sound nothing like you, you talk. And I'm like, well, that's what I heard growing up. That's, that's the standard. So, yeah, that's, mm. I guess that's one of the reasons why we all sound that way. So let's get into this album. Um, what was kind of like going through your head as you were putting these songs and pieces together? You said, you know, you wanted He Ain't Me to be more of a, not mainstream, but kind of like something that everybody could appreciate. But there's some songs yeah. on there that are kind of sad. Some songs are like, hey, come over. You know, so what, what, what inspired yeah. like, this uh, mixture that you have? If I'm going to be honest, it's 90s R&B. 90s R&B is kind of like, uh, it's the the homage. It's almost like I'm paying homage to everyone I grew up listening to. Um, Like I said earlier, I missed missed storytelling in music. Mm. I missed the cheekiness in, I don't know, trying to talk to someone that you want to get with rather than just being vulgar and quite straightforward Mm -hmm. about it. I missed, I missed... um, big bridges and and big singing and I really just wanted to pull that back into where we are now so um yeah into into kind of the genre and the music style that we we have nowadays but Mm. also throwback so I didn't want to have I didn't want to create something that was a throwback um album but I wanted to create something that reminded you of the 90s but still felt Mm. like oh this sounds like now um, yeah. And that was my thought process is how do I make that? How do I create a body of work that makes you feel something, that makes you sad, that makes you giggle, um, mm-hmm. that brings back memories um, yeah. and also sounds like it's now. So, yeah, that was the thought process for me. That's really that's really interesting because I actually went through all of those emotions like listening to the album like I got hyped what? for a minute yeah. then I was like oh dang yeah. I got a man then I was like oh but it's okay because you know you know something could happen you know whatever blah 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 but yeah so that's really exactly. uh, all I would say all those that you all those emotions that you wanted to invoke into it definitely are there. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's good. Now, question. This is kind of getting into the business side of music. So you've been singing, Mm -hmm. um, you said, like, since you were seven, it was kind of like in your blood. But your music was not mainstream or not, I'm not saying it's mainstream now, but it it wasn't um, accessible. Like, you know, you weren't in these markets. I didn't know anything about you until the EP. So what what change did you sign up with a different recording um, company like what what was the like did you have a different marketing um group that you switched over to or uh what what was the change that happened yeah i think i think there's there's there's, there's a few things i think there's a few things that came into place or that aligned that made that change for me um one of those things um which sounds like almost like the cliche thing to say but it was consistency. It was just being consistent mm. in producing quality music um, and just keeping it up. Uh, and I think after a while, that started to get me noticed by the people that I needed it to be noticed by. Um, and it got me in front of people that then could move my music to the next place. So mm. um, one of there's a leading figure over here in the UK that um, works on BBC Radio. Um, and he's called DJ Ace, and he heard um, the single Come Over um, when it came out early last year. 
Um, and from that point, I think it, it grabbed his ear and we just, we struck a relationship and whoa, 12 months later, um, he decided that it was time for him to kind of expand his 15-year career in radio and, and look at putting together a record label. Um, and so we partnered together in putting out this project on, on his label as the first release. Um, okay. And having that connection has definitely helped. It, it's been amazing. To There's some doors that I've been knocking for years that I haven't been able to open that through his like, connection and influence. He's opened them quite easily for me. But like I said, it, it, it's just about being consistent. Because if, if, if I stopped creating quality music, I don't think I would have got to come over as a single. I, I mm -hmm. needed to make quality music for, for a number of years before I was able to um, quite easily produce something that... Um, everybody likes but that that took years to get to that point yeah yeah something interesting that came up from what you just said to me was just the uh, consistency and also the power of networking and having uh, yeah. those connections with people because you know you can have good music but if you don't have the connections or you're not able to it, promote right um, you can't get into those circles because uh, it's just more difficult for you. If, you. if you're not, like, you know, signed on to Sony or, you know, all these big labels or things like That's that, right. I'm sure it's really difficult. It really is. It really is. Uh, the, the industry isn't a joke. There are gatekeepers, there's processes, and there's formulas. Um, and it, 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 it doesn't matter if, you make, if you're making the best music in the world. If you can't break down those barriers or get through those gates, then it, you're only gonna you're only gonna operate in a certain space, um, mm. and so you're, you're right. Networking for me as well has been one of the greatest things, and it's not always about. Uh, I think Issa Rae said it on, on one of her on, on 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 one of her interviews that it's not always about networking up. Sometimes it's just about networking across laterally, um, mm -hmm. and everyone eventually pushing somebody up. And when someone yeah. gets an opportunity and they're able to say, oh. I know this guy or we came up together and it's about that and I've seen that in my career. A lot of the people that have, um, like my peers um, and some of the people that I've grown up around have made moves in different industries uh, and sometimes it crosses over and when it does, I can give them a shout and be like, okay, it would be great if we did this together. And yeah. I've, seen, I've seen the power of that, that, that sort of close-knit networking um, thing work very well. So yeah, it is about, again, networking and consistency. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not, it's not like, oh, you're, I'm just only going to talk to you because you're the CEO of right. X, XYZ company. Exactly. It's how can exactly. we both move together, move forward exactly. together. You know what I mean? Like you don't want it to yeah. be a one-sided thing. Because like, I think that was always my issue with networking. I didn't want anybody to ever think, like, I'm just friends with you because I want to use you for what you can get me. Right. Like it needs to be yeah. a real genuine partnership. You know what I mean? Exactly that. Exactly that. So um, what are some things that you wish that you knew? I'm not going to say before you got into the, the music world, but maybe um, you could either say before you got into the music world or maybe before you released your EP and kind of uh, opened yourself up to the world. Mm -hmm. um, I guess one of the things that I'm, I'm learning now, with, uh, and, I, and I'm, I kind of knew it, but I didn't really realize how important it was, was the, imp the importance of, of having a very strong brand. Um, not just great music, but having a brand that represents your face and your personality out there in the world. Because everyone can make music. Um, everyone, like you said, I, there's, there's moments that I sound like Tank. There is already a Tank. But we love Tank because 
<laughs> he's tank. He has a personality. Yeah. He, he's he's a comedian. Do you know what I mean? He's he's uh, just he just seems like a normal guy, and his brand works very well. And yeah. I think um, those coming into the EP, it, it really made me focus on how do I show the world who Ricardo Williams is. Not Ricardo Williams the singer, and Ricardo Williams the performer, Ricardo Williams as a human being. Because um, that's what you buy into. That's what we buy into. We buy yeah. into people. And everything mm. else is secondary after that point. So, yeah, I think coming into the EP, if it was, it was, it, it's more about, for me, one of the things that I wish, well, not wish, but um, I focused on more was about branding and just that, um, being more upfront with your brand. Mm. So tell me, who is Ricardo Williams then? Oh man, I I, I wish <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I really wish I knew. <laughs> I think that's life. I think I think we we discover ourselves every day, every experience, yeah. every opportunity, every encounter with other people, with other things, memories change changes who we are, and we discover mm. who we are every day. And I think that's the beauty of. I think that's the beauty of life, that we're always reinventing, we're always finding self. Um, so, and, and I think that's, that's one of the greatest things that I want to sort of um, talk about or show about my brand is that I'm human. I'm, I might not get it right, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards trying to be a better person. And, I, and that's the, I think that's the biggest message that I want to show people is that perfection is almost a lie. And mm-hmm. it, it's, just about, it's just about moving forward. And keep and, and keep going, learning and moving forward. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that because I feel like with every failure that you go through and problems that you have, yeah. if you learn from it, you can get better. You know, 100%. if you don't learn from yeah. it, you're going to keep on repeating the same things. But well, exactly you, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you go into it with the right mindset and you you understand that you know failures might happen, but let me. How can I fix it for the next time instead of completely falling yeah. apart? Um, yeah. That really can, uh, you know, f- fix things for you as you move forward. Mm. Um, so I want to know, like, what investments did you put into yourself to get to this point in your career? Like, did you take vocal lessons? Did you hire a vocal coach? Like, what are some mm-hmm. of the things that you had to invest in yourself, even if it was time uh, practicing? What are some of the things that you had to um, do? So definitely a vocal coach. Um, when I was younger, more so when I was younger than sort of now in adulthood, but when I was younger and, and really trying to hone my, my, my voice and understand what my voice can do and where it can go, I had, I had vocal lessons for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to a point where I, I kind of felt like, not that I knew it all, but I knew enough that I could take it on myself. Um, but I think one of the biggest investments and the best investments that I've made in myself is is buying equipment, is buying studio equipment mm. um, over the years, um, and not all at once because it's, okay. it, it, very at the time it was very expensive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we do. I literally did one piece of equipment at a time uh, mm. until I'm at a place now where I can professionally record at home, oh. which just means things like if I get uh, yeah if, uh, the, the entire EP was recorded at home but that's over years of collecting bits of equipment okay. um, which which means that if I get an idea at the, in the middle of the night I can literally go downstairs and record it down if I have an idea at any point I can I can spend as much time as I like getting it wrong until it's right um, and not have to worry about 
paying for studio time or finding an engineer. Um, so that's been probably one of the best investments that I've made is just over the years buying equipment. And another really big investment of time is learning how to mix um, professionally. Mm. So I do a lot of my vocal mixes myself and I spend hours on YouTube um, learning how to do it. I've read countless books on how to mix sound correctly. And I think just spending that time just allows me to save money in other places that I can, I can now put it into marketing. I can mm. put it into PR because I'm not spending that money um, having somebody record me and spend, I don't know, six hours in the studio and having to give away that money. I can use that now and put that back into marketing my project. So investment of time, it took years. I'm, I'm not making it, it sounds dead easy and it sounds like, oh, you can do yeah. it really quickly. That's taken years um, of just discipline of saying, okay, I want this bit of equipment. I know what it's going to do for my sound. So I'm going to sacrifice this and get that. And eventually I'm here now. So yeah, biggest investment is equipment for me. Mm-hmm. So, so for your uh, EP, did you mix those yourself? I did. I did. Wow. Yeah, I did. It took. It, it, I, I know. I know. People say wow. So I'm like, I've, 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 like I've been saying, it, I've, I've had maybe ten goals at doing this right. I've had projects out that nobody's ever heard. I've mm. just been at home and decided I'm just going to try and mix a song today and see how it sounds. So I've spent years getting the sound that I really like. Um, and perfecting it. So it, it made sense um, to me that I was going to be the person to mix the EP. I was the only one that could understand the sound that I heard in my head for it. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, I, I mixed it all myself, uh, which was a pain and a joy all at the same time. It sounds like some serious dedication, but I know, like, when you, it makes it that much sweeter when you hear people say, like, this is great. Like, you know that you had a lot to do with that. Well, exactly, exactly. And it, it, for me, it feels like, it actually feels like my creation from the concept all the way to the final product. It's, it's my involvement. It's my hand in every bit of the step, in every step of the way, which for me, it, like, like you said, when people say I really love the EP, it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit more sweeter because I know the pain and the hours mm-hmm. that I've spent trying to get it to a point that I, I feel like the world could hear it. Yeah, wow. That's, that's, that's really dope. Um, we're moving now kind of more into the inspirational portion of the interview. And um, so I want to know, what is your why? Like, what makes you kind of get up every morning and be like, I want to create this music. I want to, you know, share my gift with the world. What makes you want to do that? Yeah. Oh, I, there, I think there's, there's a few reasons. Um, my biggest why is my family. Like mm. I want, I want them to be super proud of me. I want them to have everything in life that they desire. Mm. Um, so it means that I will work super hard to get it to them. Um, and an, an, another big why for me is I want people to believe that nothing is impossible. Um, I've like if you look at my circumstances, if you look at my journey as a as a, as a human through this world, um, I've, I was born in Jamaica. Um, I grew up in 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 a part of London which not many good things come out of, mm. um, and so I have had the odds stacked against me in life at every turn, um, and somehow I don't know how <laughs> of the perseverance and um, just consistency, I found myself 
sort of above the tide. And I kind of just, my why is, I know there are millions of people out there just like me, um, millions of, of, of young boys out there who feel like there's no hope because where they've come from, their environment, their situation won't allow them to rise above. And I kind of just want them to see that if I can do it, I can do it with all the circumstances that's been placed around my life, then anything's possible. All you've got to do is, is work hard and believe. Um, and that is one of my biggest whys. Yeah, wow, that's beautiful. What What is something that inspires you? Oh, my mom inspires me. <laughs> my mom <laughs> inspires me. I, I don't say this very often because, she <laughs> she won't let me live it down, but my mum inspires me. She has um, she was born and raised in Jamaica, um, mm. and then later on in life made the move to come to to London to kind of I don't know have a better life for her kids uh, mm. and herself. But um, I've seen her work the craziest hours um, just to put food on 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 the table, just to make sure that me and my sisters were fed and happy. Um, and I think um, just just to see her example inspires me. Um, to see where she is now in life kind of just inspires me to know exactly where she's come from. Literally, uh, uh, um, she's a one of 14 siblings in wow. a small country town in Jamaica on the top oh. of a hill. <laughs> it's like there's no way that she should be where she is now in life, and it's kind of mm. just inspiring to see how big she dreamed and wow. where she landed with that dream. So, yeah, that's one of my biggest impressions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, now, I want to talk about a time when you failed. You know, when you were trying to work on something and it didn't work out exactly how you planned. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that time. I've had so many failures. <laughs> so many failures. I keep telling people this. I tell people that my my L's are, are a lot more than my wins. Um, mm. But that's what makes the wins that much sweeter. Um, I think before before I put out Kamalva, which was January of 2018, um, I'd stopped making music for a while. I had a song two years prior that did very well. Um, it got a lot of radio play in the UK, um, and again, BBC Radio uh, kind of um, promoted the song, so it played across the channel um, for a week, and it was mm. really great. It was a great moment for me, um, and I was crippled with fear after that. I couldn't make music because I felt like if the next song that I make doesn't get the same success, then um, it isn't good enough, and mm. I couldn't make music for about two years. Oh, wow. And just because I was afraid of failure. So I, I had a song, two years later, I was like, all right, I can't do this. I can't live in fear and not put music out. Um, and I, I shouldn't be concentrating on the numbers. I should just be concentrating on if people connect with it, then that's all that matters. So I put out a song. And for me, it, it, felt, like, it, it felt like one of the, 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 one of the best songs that I've, I've, I've done. Uh, and it felt like a good comeback. But it just it didn't land. Nobody mm. really liked it. Um, it didn't get it didn't get any radio play. Mm. It kind of just it was a dud release. It was a dud release, and um, I learned a lot in that failure. I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about this music industry. 
Um, but it's been one of my greatest failures. It's really helped mm. me understand who I am in music and understand how to move forward when things like that happen, when you feel like nobody connects with your creation, which you think is the best thing in the world, and how to move on um, and how to just keep going. So, yeah, and that was just before Come Over. Wow. Um, which, again, it's, I know it's kind of like an amazing it's story. It's hard to believe. Um, yeah, I know. I, it was literally, so I, I released that tune, that song in November of 2017, um, and it didn't do anything. And then by January, so three, four months later, I put out Come Over. And it was just... And imagine if you had just that. given up completely. I, I, I say that every day, and I almost did. I've had conversations. That would be terrible, because then friends. I would have that song in my playlist, and I would, wow, I wouldn't have known, go. but that really there would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go <laughs> so I have a couple two follow up questions from that I don't know which one to ask first I guess I'll just put them together you can figure it out two questions first one is in music in the music industry is, is a song considered a failure because no one else um, has connected with it mm-hmm. it do you know what I think it works two ways it depends on what your goal is if you're trying to I don't know if you're trying get noticed by the gatekeepers if you're trying to um, get noticed so you can sign a deal whether that's a distribution deal or a, a major or independent lev- uh, label if nobody's connecting with it it feels like a failure if it's mm. not doing numbers it feels like a failure so if it's just about making music um, and putting it out then you've already won the minute you put it out you've achieved your goal so it really just depends on 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 the reasons why you're doing it um, and I, I guess yeah, everything has a goal, everything has a reason. So it kind of just depends. At that point, I was trying to create, I was trying to um, recreate success. So it felt like a failure because it wasn't as or nearly as successful as the song before. Mm. Okay, and then my second follow-up question is, when you took that break because you were scared of, you know, failing, how did you feel? Mm -hmm. Like, did you feel, like, depressed and stagnant because you weren't doing, following your dream? Or, like, were you, like, chilling and okay? Or how did you feel? No, no, I definitely wasn't chilling. I definitely wasn't chilling, and I definitely wasn't okay. I was, I would, I would say from, from, I was definitely, like, at a very low point. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted to create, but I was mm-hmm. crippled with the thought of having to um, recreate that success. So I, I wrote a bunch of songs. I recorded a bunch of songs, and I would listen to them, and I'd be like, no, it's not good enough. I can't mm-hmm. put it out. No, it's not good enough. I can't put it out. Um, and it was a tough time. It was a tough time in music, especially when off the back of um, a really big tune, you go really silent, and everyone's expecting you to follow up and have some consistency. Um, but I, I, I just couldn't, and it just felt like it felt like I was becoming irrelevant. It felt like everyone had forgotten me, and now I'd have wow. to start from ground zero again to build up um, my fan base. And it's mm-hmm. been two years; music's moved on in terms of sound. And it, 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 it was a tough time. It was a tough time. Uh, and so to come back off of it with a failure almost sent me, it almost sent me spiraling <laughs> back into, <laughs> yeah. into the abyss of just, I can't do this anymore. Um, but like I said, there were so many lessons that I learned in, mm-hmm. in, in that period about myself and about making music and about the reasons why. And, and, and it's, it's amazing that you're asking me my why because that's when I really 
started making music from my why rather mm. than from what I want um, yeah. and how I want people to respond. And the minute I had my why, everything else stopped making, everything else didn't matter anymore. As long yeah. as I was connecting with my why, everything that happened after that point was a bonus. So, um, mm. yeah, I, the darkest time for me in my musical career, but as, as my personal development, I think it was one of the best times. That's amazing because I know from just talking to certain people, um, it, it just seems like uh, when people talk about their dream and about their gift, you can tell like they were sent to this world for that purpose. And yeah. when you're purposely not doing it because you're scared or you are listening to the wrong voices, you get depressed. Like yeah. you definitely you, you, can, you, you feel it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing something, but I'm scared to do it, but I know I'm supposed to do it, right. but I just don't want to, but right. I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. with myself. Like, I, I completely <laughs> can agree with that, and that's something that I've heard from a lot of people, and I think that's kind of, like you said, that's where you found your why. That's how you found out w what your purpose is and what that's yeah, what you were exactly. sitting here to do because it, yep. when you're not doing it, you don't feel like yourself at all. Well, that's right. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Um... So I want to know next, what is the best piece of advice you've received thus far? Oh, there is a saying, and I'm going to get it wrong. But I'm <laughs> going to try and um, I'm going to try and remember it just verbatim. So I think it is. Um, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Oh. And that, yeah. So that statement has really changed my life. Um, instead of just waiting around and saying, is it okay if I do, or mm -hmm. can I do this, or would you be okay if I did this, mm -hmm. you kind of, it's just better that you do it, and if you cause offense, you can say, you know, I didn't realize um, that was going to offend, or that would, I don't know, um, make you feel a certain way, because um, you know, then you spend your life just living in, in fear of people's opinion. If I do this, mm -hmm. will that make somebody feel this way? If I allow myself to be great, will it make somebody feel smaller? Actually, mm -hmm. just be great. Just be who mm -hmm. you are. From and your heart. If it, exactly. And I, that, that piece of advice really changed my life. Mm. What would you say has been the most proud moment in your career thus far? I know you have so many more places to go, yeah. things to do with people to see, but at this moment, what has been your most like moment where you've just been like, wow, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself? So um, last year, July, Faith Evans um, came to the UK and did a three-day tour, and I was the main support act for oh. that tour. Um, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Um, and I remember on the last day, um, I was singing here, me, um, and I looked out, and I, I remember being in that venue seven years ago, thinking to, and I was watching Fantasia and I was, I was in the audience and I was thinking I want, I want that to be me and wow. I couldn't see how I would get there it just didn't make sense I knew I wanted to be up there but it didn't make I couldn't see how I could get there and um, I remember singing the song and I looked out and I remembered myself looking back at Fantasia and I was like I'm here seven years later I'm stood here doing exactly the thing that I said I wanted to do. And for a second, for a second, I kind of lost myself in the moment. I don't know how long it felt like for everybody else. I think I watched the clip back, and it doesn't even look like I 
I thought about it, but I know in my head it felt like 25 seconds where I took in the moment and was like, I'm here. And that for me was my proudest moment. It was like, Rick, anything is possible. <laughs> anything mm -hmm. is possible. You didn't believe it was possible, but all you did was you kept your head down, you put in the work, you remained true to yourself, um, and you kept going and you're here. And yeah, I had a bit of a moment. I, 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 it, it was, it was phenomenal for me as well as, as well as being on the same stage as Faith Evans and connecting mm -hmm. with her and talking to her after. Um, but that moment there, just looking back and being like, you wanted to be in this spot and look, you're right here now. That's definitely the proudest moment I've had. Mm -hmm. in my yeah, you saw career. all your dreams come true. That's amazing. Well, tell me about some yeah. of the other uh, collaborations that you've done. Oh, so there's some amazing collaborations on on on, on the EP and as singles. So the Hear Me remix um, is is uh, has a, a female rapper on it called Lioness. She's for me is one of the best lyricists, female. Not even just female. One of the best lyricists in the UK. Uh, I love it. Down. I love that remix. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she she she's killer. Um, on the EP, I have. A favorite of mine that I grew up listening to, Yummy Bingham. Um, and again, that's another dream come true to have somebody I grew up listening to um, and who's so amazing vocally um, on the track. And then I've got, for me again, uh, another great singer from the UK um, on the EP. Um, so I try not to do too many collaborations, um, but the ones that I do are intentional. Oh, there is another one. So come over we we kind of did it to death i can say that now because we finished with the campaign but the song because it was doing <laughs> so well we kind of just did remixes after remixes yeah. after re remixes to keep it alive so we did a remix that had like three strong uk r&b singers and i always wanted to kind of do that and show the strength and unity in the scene so that again that's another um another great collaboration that i did oh and not to forget the last the last the last remix have come over so the one that I think is going to finish them all we're not going to do anymore is the the last remix that we did with TJ Moses I was uh, waiting for you to out, mention that uh, <laughs> about two yeah about two months ago there's so many literally we've <laughs> done the song to death it got to a point where I was like guys can we just do another song now um, where can you find the yeah, remix are they on YouTube the remixes are everywhere, so they're on Spotify, Apple oh, they Music, are. Tidal, Google Play, anywhere you consume. Yeah, anywhere you oh. consume your music, you can find them. Just type in "Come Over Remix." There's about six or seven different remixes. I'm literally doing that uh, right they're now. All there. They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> huh, okay. Um, hmm. I have another question for you, and it is: Where do you see yourself? Um, musically in the future like it, in the next five years the next ten years what is your vision uh, for where you're headed oh yeah for me um, in the next five years I would love I would really love to be I'd really love to have set up a label and mm. offer the same opportunities that I've had um, to other up-and-coming artists um, especially R&B artists. But I have, a, I have a, a massive soft spot for R&B. Okay. Um, I just feel like we've lost, we've lost some of the essence of it. That's just my personal uh -huh. opinion. And I want to see some of that back again in the mainstream. So I would love in the next five years. Well, that's the goal. That's what I'm trying to head towards is, is, to, is, is to set up a platform, a label that allows 
up-and-coming R&B artists to shine in the way that I've had the opportunities to over to do in the last 18 months. So next five years, that would be the goal. Next 10 um, is world domination. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> just want to have um, a, a, a roster of artists doing amazing things um, and then maybe a little mention of me in the history books of someone that contributed to R&B, mm. um, and that would be that would be my legacy. That's that's mm. what I'm heading towards. Yeah, you want to leave a mark, not just be a song or like a blip. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. That exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, last question before we go to commercial break: um, What would you say to somebody who has a dream um, and they were doing it kind of like that with somebody that was in your shoes? You know, they they experienced some success, but mm-hmm. they were trapped by the fear of failure. What would you say to them to motivate them mm-hmm. to keep going and uh, to pick it back up? So. It's the easiest thing to say, but it's the best piece of advice is don't give up. Don't give up. Like, you've come all this way to give up. It doesn't make sense for you to come all this way to then say, I can't do it anymore. Um, Use every bit of energy that's taken you to get to this step um, and know that you can keep going. Sometimes I say, people say, oh, don't look back. Looking back just reminds you of where you've left. But sometimes you, you need to look back to see just exactly how far you've come. And that motivates you to think, wow, if I've come all this way when I believed I couldn't go that far, then I can keep going. So just don't give up. Just keep going. Keep being consistent. Things will change. Things Mm. will change. But if you stop, you're never going to see that change. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. So um, we're going to go to commercial break. But I was wondering if, you would mind if we share a little bit of one of your songs? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So should we do uh, He Ain't Me or Come Over, or do you have a different one you want to share? No, He Ain't Me would be awesome. He Ain't Me would be awesome. Okay, so why don't you introduce it, and then we'll go to our break. So you're about to listen to one of my favorite songs that I've written and recorded over the years, and this song's called He Ain't Me. Alrighty, guys, check out the song and we'll be right back after the song and our message. Is it your smile? Is it the way you dress? Oh, you got me going wild. You got my heart beating out my chest. Yeah. You're telling me you broke your heart. Baby girl, it's not my plan. Cause I would love you better. I could love you better than you can. Cause you deserve to be treated like your number one. I'm not here for the games, I'm telling you, baby. See, I don't wanna waste time. Cause when I'm with you, feels right. Superman, I can be the one to save you. Let, let, let me upgrade you. I will love you better. I will love you better. Better than him. I will treat you better, I will treat you better Better than him So give me your loving and your time I promise that I will treat you right You can search the world, you will not find another love like that Oh no, he ain't me Hey bosses, 
Are you interested in promoting your business on a global scale? Do you need help to formulate a strategic message for your clients? Would you like to possibly have your products and services showcased in print, digital, television, or perhaps even this podcast? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you should definitely consider advertising with Boss Up Magazine. Boss Up Magazine is the official place where bosses make power moves. We offer affordable solutions that empower businesses to level up by promoting their brand on a higher scale. Don't delay. Contact us now at info at bossupmag.org to make your boss move today. That's info at bossupmag.org. And now back to the show. Welcome back to the Boss Bar Podcast. Today we're talking to Ricardo Williams, who is an up-and-coming R&B star who is bringing it back, bringing it back to the love and the passion and the fire of the 90s. And I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Ricardo. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I'm enjoying it. It's been, it's been <laughs> fun. It's been really good catching up. Yeah, so um, we just listened to He Ain't Me. Great song, the remix. One of my favorites. I think like I was saying earlier, that's actually how I found out or discovered um, your singing and yeah. just really fell in love with the sound that you have. Uh, it's like it kind of has like this um, beachy, soca, Afro pop, yeah. 90s kind of bounce. Like it just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, I just, it's a feel good song. I love it. That's right. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's exactly what we was trying to do, is grab your attention and make you dance first, and yes. then hopefully fall in love with the voice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now we're gonna go into the boss tool segment of the show, and this is a segment of the show where we show help share helpful tips that you can use in your business, your creative world, or whatever you have going on. So if you have a tool that you think mm-hmm. our listeners would benefit from. You can send a message to bossbarpod at gmail.com. Um, excuse me. I'm going to go first. Um, my boss tool is something that I talk about all the time, and it's called MailChimp. And I talk about this a lot because um, a lot of people get caught up and they think that, you know, you own your social media followers. They get so excited because they've hit 100K followers on Instagram or you have these followers here, these followers on this app. But you actually don't own them. And a couple months ago, I think both Twitter and Instagram went down and people were literally freaking out. Um, But if you have (laughs) – they were. (laughs) If you have MailChimp – um, basically, you know, instead of relying on those followers, you're more so converting those into email addresses. So, you know, you can send out an email address weekly or, you know, you may have like a landing page that you create. I actually created one for the website, for the podcast, like within 30 minutes. It was really quick and easy to do. Um, but just thinking about how you can... I don't know, switch your mind frame from being so focused on social media to creating your own content. And MailChimp kind of helps you to promote your own content to your own followers that you actually own. Because like I said, Instagram and all that could be down tomorrow, gone forever. And what what would you do? Like you wouldn't want (laughs) to be in a bad place because (laughs) of that. You know what I mean? So if you guys are interested in... um, Keeping in contact with your followers and converting them into sales, definitely check out MailChimp.com. They have free versions. They have some paid versions. Um, but 
definitely the point of it is just to think of ways that you can create content for your followers but not on these social media platforms. Use those platforms to help like promote what you're doing, but always want you want to bring them back to your website or back to downloading your music or whatever it is that you want them to do that will help to build you up instead of Instagram.com because that's, that's not bringing you any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, what do you have to share? Oh, I've got, I've got an amazing tool called Chartmetric. Um, it's a web tool. Um, that looks at your engagement as a, as a as an artist um, across all the streaming platforms, and also then um, matches that against your social media activity. So you can start to see um, which which posts that you're you're making if they're having an effect on your on your streaming numbers. Mm. If those posts are helping your numbers grow, um, are you gaining more followers because of posts? And um, also it helps you then gauge where your followers uh, and your supporters are, are, are going to stream your music. So whether that's Apple Music, Tidal or Spotify. And then you can then hyper-focus on particular songs um, and then use that information. Um, like uh, what's really good about it as well, it lets me know where people are listening. So I can then target a particular country, a particular city. Oh. Um, and, and, uh, exactly. It's an, it's an amazing tool. It's an amazing tool that gives me a lot of insight about how my songs are performing. And then I can just tweak things. So like for the EP campaign, I started from, from day three, I started seeing a trend on what song everybody was listening to the most. And all I've done in the campaign is switch to that song being the lead song. So now I know everyone loves that song. I give it to them, and even from a from a planning point of view, we can now say, okay, the next video needs to be that song. And I knew that from three days in, rather than waiting a month um, before it gets cold, and then everybody forgets about the song, and then you have to drum up excitement. I've got that data ready, um, so I can make decisions really quickly. Um, so yeah, chart metric. An amazing tool. So if you go to chartmetric.com, it's free to give you basic mm. information, and then there's a paid tier. Um, there's three different tiers above. If you want some more um, sort of in-depth information, but it's completely free and it's an amazing tool. Okay, cool. Sharpmetric.com. That's interesting mm-hmm. because it, it seems like just from talking to you that you actually are like the head of your marketing team. You're the head of your big sales <laughs> team. Like you kind of are a one-stop shop. I try to be. I try to be. Um, I do. There are there are amazing individuals in the team that I can hand stuff off to. But I think it's the years of being so involved in in the projects myself um, that I've I've just learned these things. So when I do start to play at a bigger level like I'm doing now, I can understand the game. I can understand what people are saying to me. I can understand who I'm paying and what I'm paying them for rather than just handing over my money and hoping that they do the best job possible. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's, always been, it's always been a thing of mine to learn, learn the skills that I'm going to outsource um, so, so, so I don't end up wasting money. Smart man, smart man. Um, so now we're going to go into one of my favorite parts, the Ask the Boss segment. And I'm super excited because we got a lot of questions. So... I'm probably going to ask some of the longer ones first, and then we'll do like a rapid-fire segment for the rest of them. Cool, cool. Um, So like I told you at the beginning, I got a lot of questions uh, and a lot of comments of people saying like, why do you look like Rick Ross and sound like Tank? (laughs) 
I get that. I get that exactly. But <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I just everyone says I look like Rick Ross. Everyone says it everywhere <laughs> I go. I think it. I think it's the beard. I think it's, it's we just beard. got a similar face. And yeah, that's yeah. it. So yeah, it is that. It's the beard. And Tank. The reason why I sound like Tank is I've listened to Tank from the conception of his career. He has been one of the staples for me um, of my sort of my vocal Bible. So Tank for me is like he is my vocal Bible. Mm, good. Um, the next question comes from Kicking It With Key. She has, she's a blogger from Delaware, and she wants to know, what is the best and worst part about being an R&B artist? Oh, the, the worst part, I think I feel like, and this is just my personal perspective, that in the market that we have now, um, where a lot of other genres are promoted and given um, a lot more limelight, like hip-hop um, in the UK, um, that translates to what we call grime and what now is turning into what they, we call drill. Um, mm. You have to work doubly hard to find the fans, to find the people that like your music, mm. because they're constantly being fed um, different genres. Um, so you have to work really hard to pick them out. There's not many platforms um, anymore that um, really champion R&B, so it's really hard to find the listeners. Um, and then the best thing, I think, is just the payoff. Is R&B has always been, from the dawn of time, from the dawn of its conception, about emotion and feeling and storytelling. And it's, it's, the, the greatest thing is when somebody... Um, will come up to me or send me a message to say how much they love the song and it them of something, whether that's a relationship, a scenario, a situation, um, and they say how much the song has helped them, I don't know, overcome a situation or, do you know what I mean, like like you said, it, it reminded them of a time, it kind of made them you know I mean, giggle a little bit. So all of that, I, that's the best feeling to know that I've connected with some personal level. Uh, and, and oftentimes it's somebody that, if I wasn't doing music, I never would connect with, never. So they're across the other side of the world. Uh, they live in Japan. And it's like, wow, it's great that we don't even speak the same language. But for, for some reason or somehow you understand the emotion and feeling and that's, that's the greatest. That is one of the greatest things about being an R&B artist. Yeah, that's, that's the beautiful thing about music is that it's, a, it's kind of like a universal language in a sense. It really is. It really is. Mm -hmm. You can definitely cross over. Um, your next question comes from A. Danae. She is a YouTuber and also a fellow podcaster. Um, and her question is, what is the biggest obstacle you faced thus far, and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest obstacle is, uh, in the U.K., R&B isn't as appreciated as much as it is in other countries. In European markets, R&B is... Um, celebrated in America R&B is celebrated quite heavily um, in the UK not so much there isn't a lot of platforms uh, um, and there isn't a lot of champions of the, of the sound and of the music so it's been a, it has been an uphill battle to get people to listen to understand to follow to continue on this journey um, overcoming <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put a, a period on it yet because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still overcoming um, yeah. but it's just about um, keep moving forward and just keep going um, 
I'm getting it every day. Uh, I, I, there's a door that opens or there's an ear that opens and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting into places that I never used to get into before. And it's just, for me, it's just about not giving up and not taking things personal. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not about you. Sometimes it's not about you as a person. It's just that's where people are. They're not ready to receive that. But they will be at some point to so just be ready kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm overcoming. We're still trying to break some doors, some doors down. <laughs> <laughs> and the next question comes from Tiffany from the Fill It In Your Follicles blog. And she's from Chicago, and she wants to know, what's your favorite sound? I think we kind of already know that, but... <laughs> What's your favorite sound? Oh yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that is easy. That is definitely nineties R and B. Nineties R and B is is yeah that without a doubt. I, I, for me, I don't think anything compares to it. And mm-hmm. I know everybody says that about their era, but I just feel like nineties R and B was special. We had artists um, like like for fun, we were just making music. People that came and went and stayed. So nineties R and B easily is my favorite sound. Okay. Cool. Um, so now I'm going to do just rapid fire. Okay. Okay. Let's see. This is like about, eh, about three questions, rapid fire questions. You don't have to go like super, super fast, but okay. <laughs> okay. First question is a rapid fire. What's your favorite song on your EP? Oh, Forever Didn't Last. What is it? Forever Didn't Last is my favorite Why? One. Mm-hmm. Why is that your favorite? Oh, it, it's my favorite one because it, it it's one of those songs that talk about uh, pain and love loss, but in a in a way in a in a way that you understand that loss and and the end of a relationship sometimes is inevitable, um, and it's about just being okay to let go. Um, mm. So it's one, yeah. That's the reason one, one of my, one, why it's one of my favorite songs. Okay, top five artists. Oh, Tank, Drew Hill, Jodeci, Boyz II Men. Tank, Drew Hill, Jodeci, Boyz II Men, Dave Hollister, uh, H Town. Did that five? I think so. Tank, Boyz II Men, yeah. Drew Hill, Hollister. Yep, that was five. Okay. Um, <laughs> when <laughs> when are you coming to the U.S. Oh, as soon as someone books me, as soon as someone books me, I'm there. Now, with jokes aside, <laughs> jokes aside, we're trying to make it happen. We're trying to make it happen. Like I said, we we are very big on data as a team, and we can see that there are a lot, or oh, there's a lot of interest in the U.S. And so we're trying to make some connections. Because if I go out there, I really want to do it in a way that um, it really gives the, the the listeners and the fans and the supporters an experience. So we're trying to make it happen sooner than. Sooner than we all realize, which I can't talk about too much now, but, yeah, we're, we're trying to make it happen very soon. Okay, and then the last question, got a lot of these. Are you single? I'm not, unfortunately. I, well, fortunately, I'm, it, it depends. <laughs> unfortunately for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I've been, I've been happily married now for eight years. 
Um, oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm well off the market. <laughs> that's beautiful. But you know what? That 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 says something about you and about your music. Like you really do believe this love thing. You're not just out here like singing it just to see how many girls that's you right, can get with. Right. Like this love thing is real to you. That's right. Like eight years. That's a really that's an accomplishment, honestly. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it is real. It is real. <laughs> good, good. Um, so that was it for our questions. Um, I do have one last question that I well, I have two more questions that I want to ask. Um, mm-hmm. This one is more so just advice related. What advice do you have pe- for people who want to follow in your footsteps? You know, they maybe they make music, uh, but they don't know what they need to do to get discovered, or how do they, you know. Mm-hmm market themselves in such a way, brand themselves. What advice would you have for mm-hmm. people in, that want to follow and be a boss like you? So uh, two things is find your tribe. I've got this saying that says, is find your tribe. Find the people that are like you. Don't waste your time trying to capture people who don't like what you're doing or who don't um, connect with you. Find the people that like you and grow that tribe. That is far more important than than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is be intentional about you mar- how you market yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're being spammy. Don't feel like you're um, being too shouty about it. We have to fight for people's attention in a very, very noisy world. Um, we're competing with... Um, box sets, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're competing with a lot of things. So um, make sure you're heard and be consistent um, in your messaging. Um, and also find your tribe. Market to the people that you know like what you like. Hmm. That's really, really good. Um, question, last question, um, something I ask everyone that comes on the show. What makes Ricardo a boss? Oh, man, that is a very hard question. Um, I think one of the things that make me a boss is um, just my perseverance. I am very bullish. I don't Mm. take no for an answer. If I believe something is possible, then it doesn't matter what you tell me. I'm going to make it happen. It might take years, but I'm going to make it happen. So I don't really take no for an answer. I think that's one of the things that have helped me get as far as I have in my career. Mm. Great. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to share with anybody before we leave the show? I mean, I know I want to plug you for sure, but is there anything else that you wanted us to know about Ricardo Williams, the artist, Ricardo Williams, the man, the brand? Anything else you want to add? <laughs> I think we've covered it. I think, I think you've gotten to know me um, in all the ways that I kind of wanted to share, which is amazing. Uh, there's going to be a lot more. Like This is literally just the beginning. This EP, these first couple songs are for me. That it's like my one shot. It's to let you know that I'm coming and I'm going to be around for a very long time, so get used to it. So there's going to be more. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear uh, what you have in store. And can you tell us again, how can we get involved and support and find um, find your music? Oh, it's dead easy. So you can follow me across the majority of my social media. I am Ricardo Williams. So I am R-I-C-A-R-D-O Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. The only place I'm not 
Twitter, and it's just I am Ricardo W on Twitter. But everywhere else, so my website is iamricardowilliams.com. My Instagram is I am. If you search Ricardo Williams on Google, I think I've done a good enough job that I'm the first Ricardo Williams that pops up. So okay, you can find me just by typing my name. <laughs> <laughs> so follow me, follow me, connect with me. And I talk. I'm not. I'm not just a collector of followers. I, I get engaged with my with my followers and my supporters. We talk. We DM. We laugh. We joke. You get to know who I am. So please follow me, uh, and okay. follow me on this journey. Let's have some fun together. Okay, and where can we find the music? Oh, you can find my music everywhere that you, anywhere that you consume your music. So whether that's Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you consume it, SoundCloud, YouTube. If you just type in Ricardo Williams, um, I'm pretty sure I'll come up as one of the first ones. If you get stuck, just hit Ricardo Williams, come over, and I'm sure you'll see 50 million remixes of Come Over. You can pick one that you really like. Awesome. Well, uh, darn it. This has been a really <laughs> great, great, great uh, interview that I've had with you. It's been awesome, like, just talking and kind of hearing your story, listening to you share your heart. Um, it was really, really awesome. So thanks again uh, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, guys, if you want to get some oh, more information or, yeah, if you want to follow him, make sure that you catch him on his social media at I am Ricardo Williams. And then on any yeah, streaming platform, find his music, listen to it, share it, comment, like, subscribe. We gotta, we gotta get this guy up, up his numbers up because his music <laughs> is great and it deserves to be shared with the world. I appreciate that. I really do. Alrighty. Well, thanks guys for listening to us. We'll catch us again next time on the Boss Bar Podcast. You've been listening to the Boss Bar Podcast with the Fly Girl. If you would like to have your business or your project featured on the show, have questions you would like to ask the bosses, or just want to say hi, send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time on the Boss Bar Podcast.